This is the Fenway Rundown, the premier podcast for all things Boston Red Sox. You know, people harp on the last place thing, but essentially what's important is the record. If the Red Sox want people to start thinking the ownership cares, then maybe they should talk. This is the Fenway Rundown, brought to you by Mass Live. Here are your hosts, Chris Cotillo and Sean McAdam. It's a Saturday edition of the Fenway Rundown podcast. I'm Chris Cotillo alongside Sean McAdam as always. And oh look, there's Red Sox news to get into today. Red Sox trading John Schreiber, the right-handed reliever, to the Royals today for a pitching prospect in David Sandlin. You'll hear our thoughts for about the first 10 minutes here, and then we'll turn it over to Craig Breslow, who is not hosting the podcast, but we're going to give you uh, the audio from his brief media availability today. Before we get into it, Sean, tell the people how they can subscribe to our Red Sox Insider Text, a place where we drop details of the trade very early on in the process today. Yep, it's a chance to keep up on all Red Sox news, spring training, regular season, off-season, you name it, a chance to connect and ask questions and share thoughts with me, Chris Cotillo, and Chris Smith. And to do that, just text the word JOIN to 617-751-6257, then click the link to subscribe, which includes a free 14-day trial period and thereafter a very affordable $4.99 monthly charge. Speaking of affordable, John Schreiber was a guy who was only owed $1.175 million next year. So I don't think uh, originally he would have looked like the most likely Red Sox reliever to be traded. You and Chris Smith reported the other day that the Red Sox were listening on not just Kenley Jansen, who we've talked about a lot, and Chris Martin, but also John Schreiber. Today he goes in the move. You know, two thoughts to start. One you tweeted, but I completely agree with. This isn't a move that a contending team makes but number two, separately of that, I think it's pretty good value to get, you know, a pretty good pitching prospect and one who's been ranked as high as number five in the Royal system by ESPN, number seven in their system by the Athletic, a guy who seems to have some helium for a sixth or seventh inning reliever. Um, you know, uh, this does make a lot of sense for the Red Sox. But again, anytime you're on February 17th, moving off your major league roster and adding someone to the high A roster, no matter the upside, it sends the message that you're not serious about 2024. It's not like we thought they were before this, but I think just more confirmation to that end. Yeah, and this is, Chris, in my mind, a messaging issue where you have uh, Sam Kennedy and Tom Warner, who we expect are going to address the media on Monday before the first full squad workout. And they continue to say that the Red Sox are committed to spending and that they're on the way back and that this team is going to be competitive. But we know that the sights are set further down the road. And Saturday's deal was further evidence of that. And you have to feel at least a little bit sorry for Craig Breslow being in the situation where he's in, where he's been brought in, assesses what's in front of him and realizes that they have to improve their pitching development program, that there's not enough pitching in the minor league system. So he's going to sell off some parts that are not going to be here long term or not going to be big contributing factors in the short term and try to amass as many quality arms as he can. Even as he does so, that's sort of uh, up against the messaging that his bosses are delivering. But I think he's doing the right thing. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, we talked about 
Jansen, especially Jansen, because he's owed $16 million in this one year. Chris Martin, I think, is a logical trade candidate just because he's owed, you know, around 8 or $9 million this year, and he's coming off an unbelievably good year. We all saw it last year with an ERA right above one. Um, but all along, you know, maybe Schreiber had the most value, if you think about it. You know, you reported along with Chris the other day that teams were, you know, talking to the Red Sox and the, had seen that the Red Sox were hesitant to want to move Jansen unless the other team would take on the full $16 million. You know, Martin, uh, a team getting him, would only get him for the year at a very high price. You know, the Royals get Schreiber here for three years and a million dollars or $1.175 next year. That's probably why they got a pretty good prospect back for him. And if you look at what the Red Sox have, what the Red Sox need, as Craig Breslow explained it to us today, they have a lot of right-handed relievers. They acquired a lot of them over the offseason. And a guy like Schreiber becomes expendable that way. It's just, you know, as we kind of touched on, more talk of upside and hope for a roster uh, instead of certainty. Schreiber, along with Jansen and Martin, you know, gave you one of the rare areas on your roster that there was certainty. Now that's not the case, but... You know, uh, he makes sense as a trade candidate in retrospect, even if, you know, the rumors didn't start on him until only a few days ago. Thanks to you, actually. Well, I can't take credit, but um, I I think that there's virtually no chance that a guy like Kenley Jansen is here in the first week of August. If they don't move him now, uh, he certainly will have huge value at the trade deadline for a contender looking to lock down the ninth inning. We do not expect the Red Sox to be a contender in late July, early August. So I think we're going to see more of these trades. And as I said, as hard as it may appear, as as bad as the optics may look when you're subtracting from the Major League roster before even a Grapefruit League game has been played, it's the right approach to take because they need arms And it's got to be done in volume because not every prospect you bring in is going to deliver. But if you bring in eight or nine, your chances of getting a couple that stick are that much better. We've talked about and written about on the site and talked on our Insider Text program about David Sandlin a lot today. You can go check out all that coverage. A guy who is, you know, what the Red Sox need, a high-end, high-ceiling Starting pitching prospect. I'm not saying that this guy is, you know, Zach Wheeler when he was coming up or one of those super high end guys, but a guy who has potential, who looked good in the rotation at low A and then two starts at high A last year, could start at high A, could start at double A this year, a little bit older because he was a college kid from Oklahoma, 22, about to be 23. The scouting reports are all there. You spoke to a scout today. What were your takeaways from the report you got on Sandlin? Yeah, I think a lot of people expect that there's, you know, there's some potential here. He can comfortably uh, throw in the mid to high 90s and has even touched 98, 99. He's got a four-pitch mix. Uh, He's got a curveball, a slider, and kind of a combo changeup and splitter. Um, He's a big, powerful uh, kind of... Uh, power pitcher, the likes of which they don't have a lot of. You and I have talked about the fact that for whatever reason, Bloom did not put a lot of emphasis in the draft the last few years on selecting pitchers and almost no emphasis at all on college pitchers. And now they've brought in three in the few months that he's been in charge of baseball operations, uh, you know, including the, the move that got made today. So uh, it, it, it's not anything to celebrate. It may not be anything all that 
much to get excited about if you're a Red Sox fan. You're looking at a middle reliever going out and a Kansas City Royals 11th round pick coming in. But if you look a little closer, it could have some payoff down the road as a middle to back end starter is kind of his ceiling with a floor of an effective multi-inning reliever. Obviously, the Red Sox envision him or hope that he can be a starter. And no coincidence, I think, that Craig Breslow is looking in these trades, these sell trades, to add pitching. You know, we were talking about for a second before we started rolling here, you know, the Verdugo trade, three pitchers, um, the Luis Arias deal, a pitcher, and Isaiah Campbell. And that's where uh, we'll end here with, you know, Alex Cora going out of his way to mention two names as potential replacements for John Schreiber in that sixth or seventh inning mix. There are two guys they acquired in those trades. Isaiah Campbell from Seattle, Greg Weissert from the Yankees. Cora noting that Campbell, a right-hander who's very good against lefties, which is a weapon, held lefties to a 483 OPS last year in about 20-something games for the Mariners. Weissert, Campbell, Zach Kelly, those guys have options. They can go up and down. Tanner Houck, Garrett Whitlock, Josh Winkowski, that's the rotation competition. Two of those guys, if everybody's healthy, are going to be in the bullpen. And then you have, as Chris Smith wrote earlier in the week, a couple of guys in awkward roster situations and Justin Slayton, the Rule 5 pick, and Brian Mata, the Rule 5 pick, basically, uh, who's out of options in the same boat. So they do have decisions. They do have options. And, you know, I think that made the move today more palatable. Plenty of coverage coming, still from Fort Myers. Not every day is going to bring a trade, but we are going to have, as Sean mentioned, uh, coverage of the ownership discussion on Monday, whatever that shape that takes. God help us. Uh, and, and we'll have that all covered on the Fenway Rundown Insider Text, as always. And to sign up for that Insider Text, text the word JOIN to 617-751-6257. Click the link to subscribe, which gives you a 14-day free trial period. And after that, a four ninety nine monthly charge. Yeah, so obviously traded uh, Schreiber for... David Samlin, uh, starting pitching prospect in Kansas City that we had identified early on um, you know, as someone that we think uh, is, is on the rise, has the makings of a legitimate starting pitcher. Um, and, and I think we've talked for a while about uh, you know, our right-handed relief depth. Um, that's something that we feel strongly about, something we feel confident in. And the need um, when the opportunity exists to uh, create more starting pitching depth. Um, so I think this was one example of, of a chance to do that. Was this a guy you guys were Yeah, yeah. So we obviously spoke to our amateur group, and they had some background with them. They had some history with them. Um, you know, loved the stuff, loved the makeup, and we've seen the stuff take a pretty significant step forward. Uh, also, anytime you make these trades, you know, you have to you have to recognize that we're we're trading a really talented pitcher and, and Schreiber over there um and that was difficult certainly wasn't an easy decision uh but like i said you know i feel like my job is to do what is best for for the organization and i think this was a chance to do that you mentioned the, the right-handed who are the guys that you see step up into the role that john had yeah well i think there are a number of guys you know we've made some acquisitions this offseason whether that was campbell or weiser um you know, some guys that spent time in the pen are going to build out as starters right now, and we'll have to see how that plays out. But, uh, you know, you feel really good about the back end, and then um, depending on how the rotation competition plays out, plus the additions that we've made, it's, it's a spot we feel good about. 
What's just a general scouting report on Sandlin? Yeah, so fastball, um, you know, as an amateur was kind of low 90s uh, in pro ball has been up to you know, 98, 99 pitches, probably at 95, 97. Good breaking ball um, and a, a change that, you know, we see uh, room to optimize. Um, and so it was a combination of, you know, kind of raw, raw stuff, projection and the chance to uh, maybe tweak the usage a little bit and improve performance. Where do you, so I know he was in high A's. He mm-hmm. kind of, where is he kind of at right now? Yeah, so, I mean, he's kind of fully ramped up. We'll get him here, check out what things look like, the progress that he's made this offseason, um, and then make a determination. Don't want to, you know. No, 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 no. Um, he's had a, a normal, healthy on-ramp. Um, we'll get him here and get him involved in some of our early minor league, minor league programming. How tough is it to subtract from the major league group during spring training? really difficult uh not like i said it's not a decision that we we made lightly um and then when you couple that with what john has been for this team and the personality and teammate that he's been i obviously only have gotten to meet him recently but it's clear how much uh respect his teammates have for him and how much he loved his time here so it was tough um but you know there are certain uh pockets of the roster where we feel like we've amassed depth and we need to maintain this balance of short and long-term outlooks does this make it less likely that you'd move someone in the back end of your bullpen you know as of right now uh we're really happy with the construction and the depth and competition that we're going to have we obviously make every decision uh individually have to do what's best for the organization but we really like the guys that we have right now we're thankful they're here yeah, we're going to remain engaged in any conversation that we can that we think helps the organization. Um, you know, don't have anything else to report right now uh, and, you know, wouldn't want to get too far uh, ahead into, into any uncertainty. Is there a point like in spring training where... Um, you need like kind of not a cutoff date per se, but like you, a guy needs to be in camp fights just to kind of get in the rhythms of of uh, the season. Or you know, ha- trades happen in season, so I guess not. Like yeah, like what? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it gets more difficult the further you get into spring training. You want to give guys a chance to gel and come together and, and uh, understand how our coaches can influence um, and give a chance for for players to get comfortable. At the same time, I think I was designated at the end of spring training a couple times and you know found myself on different teams and players are resilient they'll figure out a way to get comfortable really really quickly Uh, I think the biggest lever here has to be whether or not the opportunity furthers the vision furthers what we're trying to accomplish and if it does we need to look seriously at it This has been the Fenway Rundown, brought to you by Mass Live.